Hi, this is Joe Bunazar, and, and with Impact Basketball, we're really excited to partner with Coaching You Live and Coach uh, Brendan Fair and Kevin Eastman with our certification program. We've put together an online program for player development, uh, over 17 hours of video that we feel will really change the way players are developed and, and be very, very helpful to coaches, trainers, parents all over the world. So really excited to partner with Coaching You Live. Uh, we've, we've put a special deal together with Coaching You Live to provide a discount code of Coaching You Live entered in our promo code, all lowercase, Coaching You Live at our website, impactbball.com, impactbball.com. If you click on Get Certified, and you can go right to the page to get signed up, enter that Coaching You Live code, and you will receive the discount. But really excited. It's a great program. I think that it's going to change the way players are developed. That's been our mission since we started uh, training players 18 years ago, and it continues to be our mission today. Now we're sharing this knowledge for the first time with coaches all over the world. Welcome to another edition of the Coaching You Podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir, and our great friend and coaching you attendee student and future faculty member Jose Fernandez from the University of South Florida. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Brendan. Thanks for having me on. It's truly an honor and a pleasure to talk basketball with you. Well, you know, we, you know you've been coming uh to our events for years and um we've gotten to know each other and you're just down the road from me in beautiful Tampa and I have marveled at what you have done with that program in 15 years since 2000 when you took over. You have turned that program into one of the very, very elite ones in the country, uh, you know, and and you know, competing with every year the best team in all of women's college basketball in the University of Connecticut. I think it's really important for our listeners. I don't care if you're coaching high school college men or women to talk about how do you build a program and then how do you sustain the excellence in it like you've done. Jose, give us some ideas. Well, you know, I was, uh, you know, Brendan, I was at the right time, uh, at the right place at the right time when I got this job in 2000. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was 27 years old. <laughs> wow. And now, you know, Still here at USF, but <laughs> I think you know um, I've been very, very fortunate. To, uh, I, I went to the, uh, attend every coaching you, and, and I know you and and Kevin talk about being a, a lifelong learner. You know, mm -hmm. and uh, I was very uh, I, as as a coach. I went to my first Final Four in '89, and I think it started with relationships and surrounding myself with great people that I could just listen to and learn from and uh it led into getting some great experience. I was a student assistant at a junior college and I was a head high school coach and uh, went to division two route. But when I got this job, you know, we won four games my first year. The the school record for wins was sixteen. Uh we played in a high school gym. We didn't play in the arena. Uh we played where the volleyball team played in the, the corral. So, uh, you know, we went from four to 14, uh, and it's, it, it, recruiting was the biggest piece. You know, we, we needed to, uh, to sell a vision, uh, on how we were going to do things. And uh, we're in Conference USA back then. Um, I think it's easier, you know, to make a turnaround. I was talking to Gino about this. 
he's a he's a he's a great friend and uh, an unbelievable mentor. I met him when I met him in 2002 in California. Uh, we went out to lunch and I asked him, "Hey, could I get you on the schedule?" He thought I was nuts, you know. <laughs> but I went out and scheduled uh, premier programs uh, because it was going to attract recruiting and uh, also get the community excited about women's basketball. Good call. Um, so it, it started. It started there. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna sell a dream, sell a vision, uh, get people excited about the programs. Now we weren't ready to play those programs, but I think it showed the community and the kids we're recruiting where we wanted to be. You know, uh, and we were able to play Connecticut in year three, and then in year five we're still the only team to take Connecticut to overtime in Gamble Pavilion. You know, so, yeah. uh, you know, year five, we went to the NCAA tournament. So, and, you know, year, year four was the NIT. So, uh, it started with recruiting, getting the right kids. Uh, who you hire is so important. Mm. Uh, you want to hire a great staff. You're only as good as the people that you surround yourself with. And, and to have that same vision and belief. Uh, and loyalty and trust uh, that you want to exude as a, as a coach. And um, we were, I was able to, uh, I have i have two people on my staff. One's been with me 10 years and then another one has been with me for eight years. So when you have that continuity, that also helps, Brendan. Yes. Uh, as well. And that's, that's huge. But, uh, you know, uh, now 1550 after being here 15 years and going to 11 postseasons in the last 12 years and, uh, top 20 preseason, top 25 ranking came out and we're going to be in that, uh, it's, it's great to look back and see how we've done it. And I think we've done it with some unbelievable kids in our program. Um, you know, John Gordon, uh, has worked with our team now for, for, uh, four, four years, you know, and I met John at coaching you and, yeah. uh, and we've been able to get him on campus, and uh, he he talks about it all the time. The culture in your program is so important. Uh, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't win in that locker room first, you're not going to be very very successful. You know, and, and Brendan, we don't we don't get the blue chip guy here at USF. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we you know we got we got great facilities, we got great weather, we got a great institution, but. You know, we've taken we've taken pride in, in doing a great job recruiting and, and developing developing guys that that were under the radar guys. We've had three we've had three kids drafted in, in, in the draft, and not one was a top hundred kid. You know, we're going to get that? two more. You know, our two seniors are going to get drafted next year, and we had the leading scorer in the league and the leading rebounder in the league. So, um, it, it can be done if you do things the right way. Well, in going forward now, you know, you, you know, you, you know, you have, you know, this incredible program of UConn, which, uh, since UCLA would, wouldn't, my opinion, we have not seen a dominant team in all of collegiate sports like UConn women. How does that affect you and your team as an, even an elite team in the league, having them to compete against? Well, then everybody talks is UConn good for the game. You know, uh, shoot, I want to play them as many times. <laughs> I want to beat Connecticut. You know, uh, if you, we're trying to recruit, uh, 
the best players that we can get here that want to be the best they can be and want to and, and want to beat UConn. I want to beat coach him. against yeah. the best coaches in the country. You know, I agree. and I think I think Gino's the best coach in the country. I think there's a lot of teams in, in the country that have the players that 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 uh, that he has. You know, they're getting mm-hmm. all Americans just like he has. I think you know what uh, he gets the most out of his kids. You know, um, he's he's a tremendous tactician. He does a great job, Mexico wise. But I think he demands more of those elite guys that he gets than everybody else gets, I think. I mean, the way that they play, the way that they sprint the floor in transition, the way that they defend, you know, there's no, there's, 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 there's no wasteless possessions. So, uh, she like, you know, we played him, we played him three times this year and, we we got closer and closer as the year Every went off. The last game, I didn't Every want to keep the end. I wanted to. I wanted to keep. <laughs> I wanted to keep playing. Add more time, you know. Yeah. But yeah. every time your score came closer and closer, and and I and I noticed that you know what, you know you you made it uncomfortable, which I thought was great. I I love that word. You know, they don't like playing against your guys because they get up and into them, and they're aggressive. They drive the ball at them. They, I almost cursed on my show, but you, they don't take any you-know-what from them, and I think that is fabulous. And it comes across on TV, which is a great tribute to you and your staff of how hard they play, which is the ultimate, you know, gift that our players give us as coaches. Um what has Gino, from your perspective, what has he done for women's basketball? Well, I think he set the bar. You know, yeah. He set the bar for uh, for what for what everybody wants to be as a program, you know, and and the way that they play. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean. Uh, I, you know, every day the way that I recruit, the way that I prepare, my, my goal, my goal is is to be Connecticut, you know. And if that's not my goal, uh, then the kids don't believe that our goal is to play for the Final Four. I mean, that's on everything we do. It's in their locker. It's the cover of their of their playbook. Our goal is to get to the Final Four every year, you know. That's great. Uh, that's awesome. So. It starts with belief. I, I think a lot of yeah. teams, a lot of teams, you know, lose to Connecticut because they can't believe they can win. You know, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of useless energy and rah rah and motivational speeches. But it starts with preparation and belief. You know, if you don't have that and have a good game plan, you know, to beat them, you got to value the ball. You know, you got to do the little things right. You can't have you know, live ball turnovers and give them extra possessions. Uh, you have, you can't take a playoff. You know, all the little things, your side out of bounds, your out of bounds unders, your free throw blockouts. <laughs> all those little things were, um, you, know, you know, the transition baskets. You know, those are all extra possessions. You can't give a team like that uh, those kind of baskets. Everything's got to be five on five against them. You know, make them work for everything that they get. Jose, I watch your team often because of our friendship, but also, you know, that we're in the same area, so I get a lot of your games on TV. And the thing I I love 
about your squad is that, you know, you play a pro style, what I call a pro style. You run, you know, great stuff. Uh, tell me about, you know, what you've seen as far as the style of women's play now. I think it's at a very high level and continually getting better, which is great, whereas I would, can't say that, in my opinion, about the men's game, collegiate game. Uh, but I, I really think the women's game is on its way up, which is great. Uh, give me some of the, your thoughts about style of play that you're seeing, not just at USF, but across the board, trends, systems, et cetera, that you think uh, for our listeners to, you know, that are really maybe uh, trying to put together what they think might be a good style of play for their team. Well, I'm a, you know what, uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, when we made this change, we added the 10 second backcourt count. You know, we got the 30 second shot clock. And I, I, I think the, the game has also evolved and changed, you know, in the way it has been officiated as well with more freedom of movement and cleaning up, you know, cleaning up uh, the post play and cleaning up things away from the basketball. But, um, excuse me, the women's that, game, excuse me, the women's game is a very physical game for those people that don't watch it. Am I correct? It's a, it's a, the, the women are good, they're tough. And they play so hard. So when you say they've cleaned it up, it was a very physical game, correct? It was. It yeah. was. And I think you have seen the field goal percentages go up, the scoring go up. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and our game, you know, our game is different than a men's game. You know, it's played mm-hmm. below the rim. I, I enjoy it. There's much more teaching, much more tactical stuff involved. Mm-hmm. But there's still room to grow. I I'm a I love international basketball. I shoot. I'd I'd love to go to 24 and eight and yep. and even play faster. You know. Yes. But uh, there's there's talks about you know the five second closely guarded call on the live dribble. Um, they're also you know at the end of the game you know moving the ball up to the 28 foot line on a timeout. So I think there's still. Uh, some very exciting things that we can add to the women's game uh, to make it more exciting to watch, you know, as well as a, as a viewer, adding adding all those all these different things. As far as you know, our style of play, um, uh, our game has has just changed so much with the influx of international basketball players around the country too. Uh, we have we have five internationals on our team. Uh, Currently, and we've got one coming in next year. Um, like you said, you've seen us play, Brendan. Uh, we want to. We want to. There's a difference between running and sprinting, and we we really want to attack people in transition. That, that's our first thing. And um, I like having five guys on the floor that can all handle and put it down on the floor and step out and shoot the three. But in the half court, like you said, I, I love middle pick and roll. Uh, you're you're the best in the business in that. <laughs> With the middle pick and roll and horn sets, and I like to—I don't like wasteless possessions. I like to get, you know, we like you said, we run a lot of side, side two on two, three on three action, and in all the sets, you know, we want to attack. We want to attack. Um, the scouting is so important. We want to attack different areas of the, of the floor, and we want to attack defenders that are not going to be able to defend, you know, multiple actions. You know, uh, so when you play us, you gotta, you gotta really prepare and prepare for different actions. Okay, how are we gonna defend middle pick and roll, side pick and roll, you know, screen on the high side, screen on the low side, 
You know, you're going to see pin downs. You're going to see flares. You're going to see staggers. So the more things that, that you have in your system and your kids are teaching your kids also, you know, the, the reading how to, when to fade, when to curl, uh, that, that all comes with individual workouts and individual instruction. And, you know, uh, for when, when we get our kids here in September, we, we don't do anything as a team. We, we do a lot of two-on-two, a lot of three-on-three work and build from there. Uh, uh, and teaching them those actions. And so then when you introduce your, your multiple sets, they already know what we want, uh, out of, out of, out of those things that, that, that we want them to do when there's five people on the floor. That's such an advantage for you. Talk about, uh, like UConn style. I, I, you know, I've watched this guy evolve now, Gino, and tell me from your perspective, uh, what's he trying to do, uh, for, you know, with his team from an offensive standpoint, first of all? Well, his team this year, you, you saw him play a little different just because, yeah. you know, when he had Stephanie Dolson, you know, yeah. and, and and he had her there at the high post and the pinch post, uh, Stephanie did such a great job, you know, when he'd entered that high post, she was a good passer. So mm-hmm. kids could come off and she could, she can, you know, inside pivot or reverse pivot, face, face you and shoot it. You know, guys, that you can enter it there and, you know, she can hand off and then set a quick screen, you know, and then come back like we call it a wiper screen, you know, screen re-screen. I think yeah. she did a great job up there. And, and then, uh, you know, this year, uh, you, you got Tuck and you got Stewart and, you know, when you put Stewart at the five and you got four perimeters, well now, I mean, you gotta, you gotta guard a, a kid that can put it down on the floor, they can shoot the three. So I think things have changed for him, you know, with his personnel and the way that he plays. But, you know, I think the most important, the thing that he does, they are very, very tough to defend and transition. You know, I think that the way that they share the ball in transition and they, the way that they find people in transition, uh, you know, and use a trailer, you know, and the way that their post players, you know, can pass out of the post and skip opposite. But, you know, their wings do such a great, great job with that baseline drive, baseline drift, middle print penetration, and guys circling behind. Uh, I, I think it starts there with what they do in transition. What about from a defensive standpoint? Where do you see uh, the trend of the women's game? You know, uh, a lot of man-to-man type of stuff. Uh, you know, more zone. What do you see? Any, any much pressing, et cetera? Well, uh, I think more people have pressed now because we got that. You know, you got the ten-second uh, yes. that court count. You know, and you know, two things with a thirty-second shot clock. Okay, are you going to press to turn people over, or are you going to press to? slow people down and make them use clocks. So yes. I think it depends on, you know, I've seen a little bit of both, you know. I, I think it all depends on, you know, personnel, you know, personnel. And uh, sometimes I've seen some teams play a certain way and, you know, they're not very successful because they're trying to play a certain way, but they don't have the personnel to play that way. So I think as a coach, the most important thing, you have to really just adjust to the people that you have. Now, then if you want to play a certain way, you know, recruit to play that way, you know. 
that is, a, as Kevin Eastman, my partner, would say, that is a nugget right there, brother. It is. Tweet this one out. Is that don't coach the way you watch someone else coach. Recruit and then coach the way that person is. I think that is incredible because I think we see that at all levels of the game. We try to play the way someone else that's very successful is, but we don't have the talent, correct? Well, you know what? And here's the thing. I, I love – I'm a basketball junkie you know, as far as, mm-hmm. you know, clinics and reading books. I, I think I, – I when I go to coaching you, you know, I want to go to coaching you or I go to a clinic on things, what's going to help me – with the personnel that I have. Yes. You know, I think sometimes, you know, uh, and you've seen it, you know, a team will win the national championship or, or someone runs a certain way, and then all of a sudden you got a lot of a lot of coaches, you know, they, they might not have the personnel to run dribble drive, but they'll run dribble drive. <laughs> or, you know, triangle just because they like the triangle BBD. Uh, and, you know, I think some coaches make those mistakes and they, you know, they're setting themselves up for failure and, 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 and not putting their kids in the, in the best situations, uh, to succeed. We saw that, uh, years ago, uh, I remember when, uh, Phil Jackson was in Chicago first when he's running the triangle and uh, so many women's teams that I would observe were running triangle and I didn't see any of them with Jordan or Pippen. Uh, you know, and, and they couldn't score, and they couldn't yeah. score. But you know, they executed, but they couldn't score. And what the triangle does, as you know, and 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 if you have terrific players, the triangle is good because the spacing on it is so mm-hmm. good. It's very difficult to double team. That's where you know Phil was able to finally beat us with the Pistons because we couldn't double team Michael anymore because we couldn't get to him. He put him in the pinch post. We couldn't get to him, you know. Right. And uh, that's what that's what's so good about this. And then I saw so many women's teams run to the Princeton style play because it's beautiful and everything. But the only problem with the Princeton style, and I love ball movement and player movement, was it takes so long to teach men and women players how to read the mm-hmm. defense, and so it's difficult. And in, unless you're willing to wait one year, two years, I, th- I find it to be difficult. Uh, you know, but but, I, but people do love systems, but I think it's important to marry the system to your talent. I think that's a, that's a great nugget for us and all. Uh, wh- Jose, where do you think, um, if you're looking down the road in our women's game, uh, from a high school AAU perspective, Where's where's the future of this game going to come from? Is the AAU, I mean, I love it that we have a million kids playing. I think that's always positive. Is that a good thing, uh, not from a recruiting standpoint, but is it good for the game from your standpoint as far as having all these young women play a bunch? Well, you know what, Brendan, and, and I don't, I've, I've spoken on this in the past, there's some very, very good travel coaches. Yes. I think there's a small percentage um, of, of travel coaches that teach, that practice. I think we play too many games. Mm-hmm. We play too many games. There's too many tournaments. There's too many travel teams. Uh, I just got back from recruiting uh, 
this past weekend. I went to yeah, the Deep right. South Community and I went to Blue Williams. And I might have seen three basketball games uh, out of the, I don't know, 80, 100 that I saw that were competitive. Um, you know, and, and it's, uh, uh, it's, a, it's, it's, I don't know how we make it better, uh, but uh, there's, there's just not enough practice. There's not enough teaching. And it's, it's just, it's really college coaches uh, sitting there so the kids and the coaches can see that you watch their team play. But, you know, I don't enjoy it. I don't enjoy going to, uh, to travel tournaments. Um, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I love going over to Europe for the, for the world championships and the European yep. championships to see a kid play one game, one game a day. You know, and that game means something. You know, it's tough to go watch a team and they play, you know, two, three games in one day and, you know, the games aren't meaningful. Uh, you know, the, the, the games they get immune to, They get immune to losing, too, in a, in a you know, a subliminal way, in a way, you know, because there's always another game. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, always another game. Yeah. That's, I don't know if you take, a, you take away the spring evaluation period. Do you take away the fall evaluation period? Maybe, you know, I remember, shoot, I remember, you remember this, probably 10, 12 years ago, you only went to AAU basketball, and you had the Nike camp, the, the, the ABCD camp, and, I mean, that was it. Uh, uh, and, and kids played one game a day, you know. Now it's, uh, uh, the, you, you pay, you're paying five, 600 bucks for a coach's packet. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, names that you already have. So I, it's just different. It's different, but I don't know how to change it. But uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a dilemma for men and women uh, college coaches. I totally agree. Um, what does uh, what does uh, Jose do now, my man, in your off season slash on season, as far as with your team now at the collegiate level? Your kids are ending school this week. Uh, you know, exams, et cetera. Uh, and I know probably they're coming back for summer school, et cetera. So uh, what are we allowed to do uh, just for those high school coaches or whatever? Uh, tell, tell us what you can do with your kids in the off season. Well, the most important, the big thing for us, I mean, basketball-wise for me, you yeah. know, self-reflection is huge. Uh, we'll, I'll, you know, we'll go, we'll go over and analyze. We, you know, my, my three assistant coaches, you know, we had our end of the year. I had my end of the year meetings with every every player. Right. Um, uh, start. It's so important the relationships that you have with your players on your team. You yes. know, spending time with them after the season. Uh, you know, especially outside outside of basketball and outside of the office too, as well. But then my position coaches had uh, also. You know, we have very in depth player evaluations. Uh, uh, after the season, you know, summer workout plans, the expectations. When The great thing is when you have a season like this, you only have one week of individual workouts because we went so long. So, uh, yeah. you know, I really look at everything we ran uh, in transition, in the half court. We ran side out, out unders, late game, you know, what worked, what didn't, why did we run it? Uh, you know, every possession that we had all year and points for possession and everything we did is charted. So we do – I go over all that stuff. 
And, you know, Brendan, at our level, uh, you know, if you don't recruit every day in this business, you know, you're losing to somebody. So uh, relationships are huge with, with high school coaches and staying on top of travel coaches. And uh, uh, we got two big weeks of camp in, in June. And, you know, we'll have those eight weeks of, of individual workouts. Uh, I'm taking my team to Spain for a I was just going to ask you if you were going to do a foreign tour. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Spain, yeah, huh? Yeah, we're going to Spain. We're going to Spain wonder for why we pick, wonder why we picked Spain. Okay, that's okay. Look at the red we, wine there. <laughs> oh, I'm surprised Gino's not your manager for the trip. Uh, what, 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 what cities are we going to there? You know what? We're going to fly. We're going to fly into Madrid. We're going to be there for five days. And oh, then we're wow. going to take that zip, that we're going to take that train over and, and be in Barcelona for five days. So oh. we're going to play, yeah, we're going to play four games over there. And then we're, we're going to, we're going to, our kids will report back at the end of July. Uh, we're going to practice, we're going to practice eight days and then head on over. Yeah, see that 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 that's that's where team development, bonding, and all that stuff goes through. That that is a that's a phenomenal trip. That's one of the great perks, so to speak, in college, in that you get that little extra. And sometimes it really leads to special seasons. I think you know, uh, for for you, one interesting question I had, I think, uh, for our listeners, when you have, I'm fascinated by this. When you have your end of the season meeting with your players, which I think is so critical, what kind of questions do you ask them? Well, you know... Or what is your discussion, I should say, you know, with them? What are we we talking about? Yeah. We discuss discuss everything, Brendan. I I think from from an academic, from a social standpoint, uh, I think self-reflection is huge. And I think that, you know, what type of season do you think you had? Right, you know. What are some I think that's a great you, que- that's a great question right there. Go yeah. ahead, I'm sorry. What are some of the things that you could have done differently? You know, like that. You know, uh, practice, weight room, the the time, you know, the the time uh, the time spent out of the 20 hours that you're allowed. You know, at this level. You know, if, if if you don't invest in your game collectively as a team, you're not gonna you're gonna you're not gonna uh, be very good. I, I I think, you know, there's so uh, I and, and we talk to our players all the time. If you're not if you're not putting in extra time and, and extra effort uh, watching film and getting shots up and getting extra free throws, you know, someone is going to pass you by and you're not gonna reach the level. Uh, year level potential, you know. So uh, those end of the year meetings are, are big and they're very, very important. And I think they're they're also a springboard of what's got to happen, you know, in the summer. You know, uh, and and some meetings are great and, and some meetings are not so good. And sometimes you know kids really have to look back and, and they have to change um, for them to get what they want. You know, uh, so uh, there's so many. They're they're crucial. They're crucial, and I, I, I yeah. think uh, they're also just as important. You know, when they get back on campus, you know, you know to get them in the right set on. You know, and I've heard you guys talk about this all the time. You know, and, and uh, having like making a kid understand what their role is going to be. You know, 
uh, it might not be the role you want, but it's the role that we, we're going to need you to have on our team for us to be successful. You know? And that, that's, that, that's huge. And that, and that is one of the key, and 90% of the college coaches are darn good recruiters. They're good salespeople. So that you must sell your players on the role you want for them. Don't, I have so many coaches that we work with that they say, well, I really don't want to hurt the kids' feelings and tell them not to shoot. Well, you know, well, don't tell them that, but tell them you want them to be the best screener on the team, you know. But I, I think if we're afraid of talking to them about their role, don't be surprised with the outcome, <laughs> you know. That's <laughs> no, really simple. You didn't hurt their feelings, but you lost the game. Uh, so I, I think this is great. I've learned a ton from this today, Jose. And as our first women's coach to ever come on our Coaching You podcast, what an honor. And you were great. I really appreciate this. This is going to be fabulous for our listeners. And uh, my friend, it's a blessing having you down the road. And and it's really, I'm so happy with your success, uh, you know, as I am for all of our coaches that come to Coaching You. But I'm, as a personal thing, I'm really, really happy for you. Thanks again for being on. Thank you, Brendan, and thank you for your support and friendship. 